You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 441. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm well because my floor in the kitchen is finally done. Oh, thank goodness. Your long yeah. nightmare is over. It was. It was. Our other floor was, it was just bad. Hmm. And uh, it feels weird to be able to walk on the entire floor and it's mostly level. <laughs> 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 the leveling stuff that you put on the floor did a really good job, but there was a couple little spots that it didn't seem to level it as well as I would have thought, but those parts happen to be under a cabinet, so. All right. I'm uh, I'm pleased, let me put it that way. In, in fact, Julie and I are both so pleased that we've decided to eventually, not right away, eventually continue the same flooring into our dining room and then right to the front door through the hallway. Yeah. So those will be a lot easier projects, though. Well, even I'll just go through the room you're in now with all your stuff in it for podcasting and computing and everything, won't it? No. No? Um, All right. Okay. I I wanted to. Yeah. But Julie is opposed to putting uh, ceramic tile in the living room. Okay. So I can see that. You maybe see it as a bit cold. uh, It's not just that. She's like, who puts ceramic tiling? Or porcelain tiling, I should say, in living rooms. I said, well, that's a thing. People have been doing that for a while. It looks good, actually. Mm-hmm. But no, she she okay. wasn't down for it. So. Well, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Aesthetic choices are, um, are what people people like. They Some people like different things, and I guess that's good. It's going to be uh, disruptive when we do it, because yep. the bathroom and the kitchen are off the dining room. And so if we're putting tile down that you has to sit for 12 hours without anybody walking on it, that could be a problem. So I might have to do it in two different stages. Well, you, so. need, you just need to, first thing you need to do is fit monkey bars to all the ceilings. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone can just kind of... Uh, oh, ropes. I was thinking ropes. Ropes, okay. That, that might yeah, be a maybe, little funner swinging. Some sort of pulley system. Yeah. yeah. You know, hoist. <laughs> so it's done. Um one of the things that was a casualty, however, was our dishwasher. Well, I thought the dishwasher caused the problem in the first it place. It did, but that was just a hose that was bad. Well, right. the door on the front of it also is misaligned, which shouldn't be surprising. It's a Samsung. Mm. Um, and it just wasn't working right. Uh, so we replaced that as well. Right. And, of course, since we did the floor, Julie thought that the countertops would look bad. So did I. So we ordered a new countertop. So that's another $800, another $400 for the dishwasher, Yep, $1,000 for the floor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right now I'm around $2,500 bucks into, you know, it, look, it's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> but there was this backsplash that we had, and it looked like faux brick, right. red brick. And that's what we both thought it was. It seemed hard, but we figured it's just like kind of like a maybe a, a foam that's been painted or something. Right. No, it was actual brick. So they had shaved bricks, you know, so they were thinner and oh, put them how much on. much thinner? Uh, a fingernail. They'd shave bricks down. They basically sliced the edge of yes. bricks. Yeah. Wow. Never yeah. heard of doing that before. Well, that was probably done in the 70s. Oh, uh, okay. 
think she, Julie's always hated it because it's impossible to clean it. Well, yeah, brick is not exactly done. Design just wipe clean surfaces. Right. And this is this is red brick. Yeah. So in our infinite wisdom, we decided that we're going to replace that backsplash too. We're just not sure which backsplash we're going to go with until we get the new countertop in. Yeah. So when we demolished the floor, we also pulled that off. I thought it was going to be easy. I was wrong. Yeah. There's red dust everywhere. Uh, hmm. So, of course, we didn't have to take the, the cabinets from the wall off because, you know, you yeah. didn't have to do that except this red dust from the bricks went everywhere. So every single dish and pan and everything, except for silverware because that's in a separate thing and it wasn't in the room and it was shut, has to be washed. Oh, well, it's a good thing you got a new dishwasher then. Yeah, it's going right now. It's washing the big pans right now. We got all of the, the cups and coffee cups and bowls and plates and uh, a lot of the silverware stuff. Right now, I've got the big pans, saucepans, and all my big knives in there See, running. This is uh, dishwashers are, are fine and they're very convenient most of the time. But when you're doing something like that, I always wonder if you factor in because obviously a dishwasher can only take a certain amount of load, and um, sometimes you can't squeeze the stuff in there you think you might do. So you can't necessarily always use the dishwasher's full capacity, especially Correct. when you're doing pans and things like that. And at that point, I always find myself wondering if you add up the loading and unloading time as well as the dishwasher running time versus just stacking everything up and doing it in the sink would you you know which is which is more efficient mm, i'd lost you as part of there but i think so because i'm inherently very yeah. lazy and if i don't have to manually do it screw it i'm not going to all right okay so you'd rather you'd rather take the time rather than because uh, because i think if you did it in the sink you could probably have it done in about an hour Whereas doing it bit by bit in the dishwasher is probably going to take you most of a day to wash everything. Um, well, right now I've got probably because you got to remember the drying time as well that they have to sit in the rack and dry before I can yeah. put them away. Um, so if you and right now well, you I've could probably dry, you got, could dry them yourself. Well, again, you get, I'm lazy. A, get a tea towel. Did and you dry not hear yourself? the lazy part? <laughs> Delay, that's a that's a very important distinction. You got to do, right, not, okay. do not. You've got to factor in the lazy part. Well, the, the the trick with the lazy part is to get somebody else to do it for you. Cole? <laughs> you think I'm lazy. Um, let's move on, though. Big yeah. event this week, obviously, was Apple's iPhone event. And, I, you know, I had a, an iPhone 8 Plus. Yep. That I actually just paid for, you know. I didn't put it on a contract or anything like that. Right. One of the reasons for that was, A, I could just afford to buy it, and I didn't care. And I didn't want to add to my monthly bill. And B, I can just upgrade anytime I want, and there's no penalty at all. Yeah. But, I mean, I've had this phone for, what, three and a half, three years? Three and a half years? It's it's probably due just because of the battery, if nothing else. Battery's not too bad on it, to be honest. Yeah. But... uh... They do wear over time. The problem is if you if you didn't change it now, it would probably this year the battery might start playing up and giving you a problem. Yeah. So Julie had a, a 5S and I had the 8 Plus. So we were wow. both, yeah. Well, I, 5S I, is I, brutal. I, well, I've asked her a couple of times, do you want to replace your phone? Oh, I'm sorry. No, she had a, a 6S. Sorry. 
a six house, not a five. Yeah, house. even so. But even so, I mean, that's still yeah woefully out of date. Um, and some of the apps that she uses aren't working the way they should anymore. Hmm. So it was time to update her phone too. So, and you probably, in fact, I know you did. You saw this on Facebook. Um, yeah. I ordered both of us a new phone. So for Julie. I got her the iPhone 12, 128 gigabytes, and she picked the color blue. Uh, and her expected delivery date is 10:23, so about a week from now. Yeah, which is great. I'm 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 really happy about her finally getting a more modern phone with a much better screen. It's going to be a little larger than she's used to, but she'll get over it. Um, you, but she'll be happy not, with it. Did you not consider a mini? I didn't tell her about the mini because I know oh, she's right. going to be happier with this one long term. Right. Because she uses her phone all the time. Well, most people who have a phone use them all the time. But I, I would have thought if she's going from a 5S, which is a very small screen, perhaps she might have liked a mini. But you didn't tell her, so she didn't choose. Exactly. Devious. <laughs> and I went with the iPhone 12 Pro 256 gig in Pacific Blue. Oh, big boy. Yeah. Well, not, not, the, not, the, not biggest the biggest boy, one. but a big no. boy. So, th- so this is going to be b- uh, smaller than my 8 Plus. Yeah. Yeah, and but I'm with okay. a bigger screen. Go figure. Yeah, I know, right? And, yeah. and really, it's, it's, to me, it's the screen size that matters. Yeah. Um, so is this Pacific Blue a different color than blue than the other one? Uh, I don't know. Well, the problem is we can't, because nobody can see them in person because of COVID. Nobody knows. It's a mystery. Mm. Um, I would imagine with, if it's got a different name, it's a slightly different shade. Yeah. Um, isn't I'm it thinking, a different? Isn't made of a different material? I don't know. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing. Well, I watched the whole thing, but you know, attention. <laughs> Squirrel. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah. I don't. I would imagine it's a slightly different color. They probably don't want them to be exactly the same color because they want people who want the pro want to be able to show they've got the pro. Oh, I just want to look at the colors, Apple. Jesus Christ! All this black background with the shades of black overlapping the phone oh i know it's it's their uh, website it used to be so simple and it's not anymore I because they have all the active stuff going on you know when it spins around and zooms in and uh and then i click shop and okay so there's pacific blue and okay it looks okay so their website sucks yeah uh, because i'm on i phone 12 blue but what if i want to see the regular one there is somewhere on the website there's a thing that lets you to compare two phones side by side but um oh hang on iphone 12 and iphone 12 pro colors which one should you get this on tom's hardware or tom's guide tom's hardware um i mean none of this matters because we've i've already ordered both of these phones Right, so it says here that iPhone 12 Pro colors are more subdued than the iPhone 12 colors. You could say they're more sophisticated. It comes in graphite and silver for those who like a little glam in gold. Then there's Pacific Blue. Apple's signature iPhone 12 color replaces the iPhone 11's midnight green, and we are totally obsessed. It's as cool as iPhone 12 colors get. It doesn't... Ah, oh, well, it doesn't... It doesn't show it, yeah. It doesn't show it, and it doesn't... See, looking at them. There's some images 12. here. No, they, they, oh, hang on. I've got the blue one now. Right, so yeah, they, the blue... 
the blue of the iPhone. Uh, oh, wait a minute, is the black one? No, the blue of the iPhone 12 Pro is kind of a more metallic blue. It's got a bit more grey in it than the blue on the on the on the regular 12. Well, so, is it on that? Is it linked from that page? Because I'm on that page. Which page? Tom's Hardware. The Tom's. Yeah, if you go, if you go down to where the, where it talks about the Pro and 12 Pro Max colors, and scroll that image over well yeah but then it's not giving me a comparison to the regular 12 no because the regular 12 is up above regular 12 blue 12 is up above so you can compare the two above what oh i see yeah see you got a picture of the of the 12 above and it's great this great audio by the way this is true podcasting gold and not champagne gold they like don't, phones. they don't look all that different to me well, yeah, to me they they do, but I guess it depends on your screen and and what you're looking at and everything. But I mean, her, uh, her, the one she's getting is more blue. Mine has more silver in it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yours, as I say, yours is more of a grey blue. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, and, I'm and happy to get a, a phone. Hers is definitely a blue. Yeah, we both need yeah. a new phones. Um, I've been wanting a better camera for a while. It will help yeah. with what I do. Oh, for I, work. I t- going from an eight plus, that's a big upgrade. I mean, yeah. a really big. It's like a night and day upgrade. Yeah. Um. So, so here's the thing for me, because one of the reasons I always take the time to actually watch these events, <clears throat> um, is because I'm responsible for ordering phones for our company. Well, I watched uh, it, but I watched the nine minute version. Yeah. Yeah. We we we, we watched it on the Apple TV. We all sat down and watched it. Uh, kids enjoyed watching it with me. Um. And, yeah, so I have to change our company phones. So we have basically two slots of phones every year because every two years we change our phones because we use our phones a lot, obviously, for work. Uh, we find the batteries start degrading um, after the end of the second year. So if we find that um, every two years we effectively need to replace half of the fleet because half the people have got one set and then half have got the other. So... Um, at the moment, we have a whole load of people with with uh, 10Rs, and then we have a load of people with 11s. So all the 10R um, people are getting a 12. 10Rs are going to get a 12. I need to figure out whether I'm going to offer them the minis or not. Um, but funnily enough, I see, I just checked the battery health on my 11, which is 12 months old, obviously, and it's still at 98%, so that's pretty good. Where's the battery? Is that a? Uh, is it in their settings? Yeah, if you go into uh, if you go into the battery settings, there's a thing there that says battery health, and you click on that, and then that tells you what the the phone rates the battery health at. And if it's down below, really below into into the eighties, then then that means during the next year it'll probably get to that point where it might start doing that throttling Where's thing. Where's the battery? Is it under general or something? General, yeah, general right, battery. So there's general, and I want to go to battery. Where's yep. battery at? Keep going. Oh, maybe it's not in general. Maybe I'm making it up. Again, another thing that you see much simple. The first thing I did was search, and it didn't yeah, pull a well, battery. Yeah, that's not very good either. Sorry, it's not in general. It's it's if you where in the block of stuff where general is, it's one up from the bottom under, above privacy. Oh yeah, there it is. Well, then yeah. I did a search and battery yeah. health. Mine shows a battery level. Is that what you're looking at? No or battery uh, health. It should say battery health there. Ninety three. Ninety three. Okay, so yours is still pretty good, but um, yeah, but you're you're getting you're going to get a whole load of other stuff as well with the upgrade yeah. in terms of performance and well, camera. Well, here's here's uh, with Julie's phone. We did we did a trade in on both yeah. through AT and T, and hers isn't worth as much as mine for obvious reasons. So her yeah. phone is basically going to cost me like I think it's ten bucks a month, fifteen mm-hmm. bucks a month. 
mine is going to cost me uh, about five bucks a month because right. I'm trading in my eight plus. Yeah. And so for an extra $20 a month, I get two new phones. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it makes no sense you, not to do it. When you're paying, look, this is the thing with these phones now. They're so expensive that they've gone to these interest free, you know, monthly deals where you spread the cost of the phone over two years. If you're doing, or three years, depending on your contract, if you're doing that, they're pretty cheap. Um, and effectively, as considering you're getting virtually a $1,000 interest-free loan, that's yeah. if you can afford it, that is a pretty good deal. Um, well, with, and with Julie's phone, I think that was a more of an, an immediate need. I was thinking yeah. about replacing it over the summer, but then I was like, ah, I know the 12 yeah. coming out. I'm just going to... That's right. Yeah. I'm not going to mention it to her so she doesn't start thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was other, Yeah, your only other option there is to... Um, for something like that is to move them to an SE2, which is what I did with Leanne. Well, that's she what we a, did with Brooke, too. Yeah. She was on a, a... I think she was on a 7, and when the SE2 came out, I bought her one of those. She's really pleased with it. Well, and Brooke the, was and on the a 5, there, and then went to the SE2. Yeah. Well, see, the difference with between the 7 and SE2 is something I wanted for Leanne. She doesn't want bigger phones, so moving to that meant she got one with exactly the same size screen as the 7 she had, and that's what she wanted. So that was a kind of a no-brainer for me. And the SE2 is a pretty good value phone. But that brings me to something. If you actually look, the, the price of the iPhone 12 went up $100 from the 11 Yeah. Uh, in terms of the price, the entry-level price. At the same time, the iPhone 11 is still on sale and was reduced by $100. Now, I would say if you're not buying a phone monthly, but you want to want to go and buy a phone outright, the iPhone 11 is a real bargain. It is because that's you're starting at six hundred dollars, yeah, for a phone that that yeah up until last week was was their class leading phone, and, well, the, and the iPhone 11 is no slouch by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's a good phone. Yeah, you're not getting the OLED screen. You're not getting um, you're not getting the 5G. Uh, but we'll come on to the 5G in a minute. Um, but but really, and, and obviously you're getting a slightly slower processor. But actually, it's not going to make any blind bit of difference. And I think I think the iPhone 11 is the real star of the line now. If you if you don't want to go all the way up to the 12, I I wanted uh, to future proof it a little bit. Yeah. And with that being said, I did want uh, the 5G capability, even though. We might as well get into it now, even though 5G really doesn't exist in any significant way. It's, yet. Not, even, it's not even that. And, and you're talking to somebody here who actually uses 5G on a daily basis for my own connection. So I kind of know a little bit about what it's like. The thing is, I look at the phones and I think, what the hell do I need 5G on the phone for? Yeah, there is nothing that you can do on the, uh, on the 12 that you can't do on the 11, right? There's no... There's no um, new feature or service that yeah. requires high speed yeah. even higher speed data no yeah, yeah but the but I'm, I'm talking about yeah but there's not gonna be anything this year right no. let's look at let's or even look at it through the life of the uh, iphone 12 suppose somebody has it for three years i guarantee you there's nothing within the next three years that that phone's going to be able to do that requires higher speed data than 4g can deliver i don't i it just isn't well not, what what true, else would you accept Range is one of the big things about 5G, and this is the problem that we've had with cell phones for a long time, is that coverage, even in really good areas, isn't always great inside buildings and stuff like that. 5G is better. Hold on. It, <coughs> Sorry. 
Thank you. Yeah, you know what? That sneeze came because you just told a lie. Yeah. <laughs> 5G is... is it, the 5G that's being deployed is basically 4G but faster. It's the, I don't think the range and coverage um, of it... It's supposed to be. The... the yeah. The but specs gotta, for 5G, true 5G, and th- this is what I said, true 5G. I don't think either... You're not getting true 5G yet. No, you're not. You're um, getting and nobody subs, is going to be. You're but, getting... Yeah, you're getting sub-6 gigahertz 5G, yes. which basically is is a better 4G. And yes. and this is, this is part of the problem. This is why I was really, really quite ticked off with, first of all, how um, Apple marketed this phone as the high-speed phone, because while technically that's true, it doesn't make a blind bit of difference which means it's marketing fluff and then they gave so much time to that dreadful person from verizon yeah going on about how his great network and all that sort of thing and I, and i just thought this is just typical carrier bull and I and i've and and apple are buying into this and and giving oh, this guy buying a into it i think that they got paid to do it well yeah but yeah but that's even worse because well, basically you, basically you they say Verizon tomorrow with with the pocket change for wow, how it's, much money they it's have. It's worse than that because because that means, first of all, Apple took money to allow this guy to spread his crap, yeah? And then secondly, there's this whole business about the, the, the price of the phone they listed is not the price of the phone because they've thrown in a $30 Verizon AT&T discount. Yep. Now, they've now extended that to all carriers because people noticed... Yeah, but if you want an unlocked phone, you're paying $30 more. And that's bull as well. Yeah, it should be yeah. less if you're going to pay it in full. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, so you know, the whole thing was really kind of... Uh, all of that really kind of stuck in my craw. And, and you've got to remember, I work in the industry where we look at mobile networks. And I can tell you that fi- the fo- sort of 5G they're pushing here, which is the sub-6 six, sub six gigahertz, is basically a slightly better... Um, LTE and yes notionally it can get better speeds better coverage yeah and 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 handle more channels at once but the reality is because it's not fully rolled out particularly in the states during the life of this phone you're barely going to see any difference and yet you're being asked to pay a premium for it yeah and as I said nobody's looking at their LTE phone today today and going you know what the, the network on this is too slow it's not good enough for me for the things you do on a phone and the, the things you might want high speed for, downloading big files and stuff like that, you can't do on a phone anyway because the plans have caps on. Yep. So, you know, that, that just means the whole thing is basically a big fat waste of time. Now um, you link to I don't this. blame them for but I don't bl- yeah, I don't blame them for putting five G in and even for marketing five G is an improvement, but the way they positioned it as this was some some kind of massive leap in phone performance is is it's just not true, and you know I thought it was it was bad of Apple to go down that route. Well, I I think that's not taking into consideration the new mo- the new processor that it has in it, which is going to be the same processor uh, for the most part that's powering Apple's new laptops that are supposed uh, to come I, this I, year. I'm, I disagree with that. I'm not sure it is going to be the same processor. I think I think Apple will do something. It's in the same family. Yeah, it might be the same family. I don't think I don't think they're gonna, they're lifting these processors and putting them in Macs. I think that um, the process in the Macs will be configured very differently from what's in the phones because they can be. Um, but yeah, uh, but people have done the pro- the speed comparisons and, and there's a twenty percent improvement on the new 
on the new processor, which is great. And twenty percent. But that's in- only over last year's phone. Yeah, but the point is, is that last year's phone, nobody looked at it and thought it was slow. Everyone thought it was it was massively fast. And so now we got the 20- thing, David. Yes, okay, we, it's only a twenty percent jump. But however, that being said, most people don't buy a new phone year after year. They usually go two yeah. to three years minimum before they see a new phone, which means a 20% over last year, which was another 20% over the year before, means they're going to get a phone that's probably twice as fast as they're used to. Yeah, And that one, makes a big yeah. difference in taking pictures, unlocking it, launching apps. Everything is just super snappy. And uh, yeah. that goes towards the, the user interface. It's going to feel like an amazing device to a lot of people, oh. including me. Yeah, it is. And and I don't want to diminish that, but the thing is, is Apple didn't promote that particularly. They talked a little bit about the speed of the processors, but that wasn't the thrust of this presentation. The thrust was the network speed. And as I say, they emphasized something that actually is not going to deliver a benefit to most people rather than the processor speed, which would have done. True. You know, well, it was just, it was, it, I, I think the processor speed is a harder sell because you can only really sell that when the phone's doing something different. Well, they did talk about the camera and how fast the software on the fly is doing things and the new encoding and all that. So they kind of hit it, but obviously it was dumbed down, uh, which is good for the general population. But for you and I, we want hard facts and we're just not going to get them and we have to live with that. Yeah. So I'm happy with the new iPhone to a certain extent. Um, I haven't got one, so I can't say. I'm sure it's going to feel great. It's going to be amazing. And I'll be like, I'm so glad I waited and I got this one. That being said, you linked to an article in Wired UK yeah. about the lack of innovation in phones. And I've been harping on this for a long time now. Yep. And one of the quotes in here is consumers don't aren't really interested in, in innovative new designs on their phone. Uh, basically saying everyone's happy with the black slab that they have in their hand now, which I think is completely disingenuous and ignorant. Now, just because, the and I'm going to put this in air quotes, the innovation that some of the companies out there, LG and um, Huawei and a couple other ones that's come out with different types of phones, hasn't been successful, doesn't mean people aren't ready for a, a, a dual screen or something different it just means they haven't come up with anything yet that's capturing the public's imagination which isn't surprising because they never have ever in the entire history of their company um it takes a company like apple um to a lesser degree maybe microsoft although i'm hearing bad things about their new phone which i'll be honest i I was i was excited about one i i remember doing the the podcast episode a year and a half ago when they first talked about these and i thought yes that's the way to do a dual screen phone not this crappy it's connected and uh, the the way samsung is trying to push yeah but two separate phones the problem there though quite honestly is android and it's not going to work with an operating system that has never been and never will be um created for a split screen type of thing well, it's, it's the, apparent, uh, yeah, I I believe the real problem with the Microsoft uh, Surface Duo is that um, the they originally were going to put a cut down version of Windows on it called yeah. Windows Windows X, and then that that kind of got delayed. They're having problems with it, so then they uh, they decided to switch it to Android because the hardware was ready to go, uh, and I haven't had seen 
pretty much I've seen very little criticism of the hardware in the reviews. It's to me, the hardware is what got my attention, which of yeah. course is always going to be the case. The hardware yeah. always comes first. People see something and they lost after it. So apparently they changed course midstream and then um, because they decided they had to have Android on it, they then rather than develop it in-house, they outsourced it. And the mm-hmm. company they outsourced it to is not very good. Right. Uh, and it's obvious what, from the earlier reviews that's come out on this device. Yeah, so basically, not only I mean, it's worse than you could you could really ding them for not taking advantage of the features of the phone, which is part of the problem. Apparently, if you split an app over the two screens, there's a gap of missing pixels in the middle, where, yeah, which covers bad. the covers the hinge. But that means you can't read what's there. Um, but secondly, the, I mean, that would those sorts of issues will be bad enough if they hadn't adapted Android to take advantage of the form factor but I believe that the uh, operating system itself is really buggy uh, and well, the phones Android, are crashing I and mean, locking up and, and to the point where they had to be virtually hard reset to, to get them working again and that is just unacceptable today. And this is where a company and I'm, this isn't fanboying out this is just how it is this is where a company who creates the hardware and the software together has a huge advantage because if Apple were to do the exactly the same type of phone that Microsoft did, I guarantee you software wouldn't be the problem. I yeah. guarantee that you wouldn't have missile pixels or the screen supposed to be where the hinge is. That yeah. would be 100% flawless. It would just work. Yeah. It would seem like I, magic. I, I, that's absolutely true. And I, and I think you know everyone thinks of Apple as the innovator, and they certainly do innovate, but they innovate in a different way. They don't necessarily come up with brand new form factors well, what they do is they take they take um they they're not led by a form factor and then fitting a device to it right. they will take if you look at the way they developed the iphone and also the way they developed the macbook air which kind of has set the pattern for every single laptop that's on the market today yeah, no question they basically took technology capabilities in terms of very thin stiff cases very small motherboards um kind of innovative hinges and things like that. And then with the iPhone, they took technologies like the capacitive screen that nobody had really used before, yeah, the uh, software-defined interface, and they turned those into a, into a device that was, a, that was innovative. But where, so the thing with, the, with this article with Wired is that it talks about these phones with the, with the hinges. It also talks about one where the, um, the where the screen kind of flip, rotates and flips out into like a well, T and stuff no, like that. No, that's good, though, if you're fighting vampires. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Apple wouldn't do stuff like that. They wouldn't necessarily try a new form factor. But what they would do is they would take what's on the market and kind of boil it together into something that works properly and works new. Whereas, you know, Samsung is well known for kind of jamming features into its phones to uh, to to kind of come across innovation from, you know, just sticking everything in there and see what's good and what's not. And yeah. these these products flop because they're very expensive and they're not very good to work, to use. Um, so with that know. being said, and I was <clears throat> kind of alluding to this earlier with my, if Apple made this, uh, it would definitely work. Um, is it time for a competitor to Android to come out, uh, a competitor to the iPhone to come out. Would it be a company like Microsoft that, and God, don't call it Windows, um, that, you know what, it's a big enough ecosystem now where you don't have to have two. 
You know, look at the auto industry. Yeah. There isn't just two types of manufacturers out there. Okay. Uh, it, there is kind of to a certain extent in in computers, but not really because now you have Chromebooks, you have PCs, which are Windows based. And for those who are like, oh, don't forget about Linux, I, everybody's forgotten about Linux um, and the Mac. So yeah. that's kind of three. But is there room for a new phone, something different that obviously it still has to be app centric? Uh, there has to be an app store, <clears throat> but just something different because it, I'll be honest with you, Apple keeps reiterating iOS and they're doing a fine job of it. But maybe it's time for something different. I, that's I, more I would, cloud-based. Yeah. I would suggest that iOS is is really for all the innovations they've put into it. It's starting to look really kind of long in the tooth now. Uh, I would in terms agree. Of, in terms of its fundamentals, I I would say but it's still even that though is still heads and shoulders above what Android yeah. does because Android it just seems like Google just doesn't care anymore. It well, really does to me. Yeah, there's a certain amount of that. I I definitely agree. Keep the problem is is second, that what you suggested, Microsoft. David, yeah. Keep talking for one second. Yeah. What you suggest, Microsoft already tried this and spectacularly failed. Um, you know, a Windows Mobile was, was that, you know, I used it for a while. It was actually a really good operating system and it had some new ideas. The idea of the live tiles on the front of the screen, which is, is something that we're now getting with uh, Android copied with widgets and we're now finally starting to get an iOS as well, is, is a great idea. It really works. And, um, you know, the Windows Mobile layout was actually really kind of strong. But what kind of killed Windows Mobile was, was app support. And this is the difficulty any new operating system for phones would face coming about is that is that you need to have an app ecosystem and you need everyone to be invested in the app ecosystem. And the difficulty for a developer is you have, you have a whole chicken and egg situation. Investing for a new platform, building your app for a new platform is, is, a, big, is a big commitment. Uh, and you can't really do that until you've got um, it, you know, a big enough user base to make it worthwhile for you. And if you to get a big enough user space to make it worthwhile, then the phones have to be able to run the apps that people want. So you do have this real chicken and egg situation. And, and it was something that even a company with the size of Microsoft and the uh, what's, what's the word? The uh, well, the benefits of already having an app ecosystem, they work very hard to allow people to develop Windows apps that could be easily ported to the phones as well. Even with that advantage, they weren't able to uh, to pull it off. So no. Microsoft would definitely never go there again because they lost so much money on that. They developed Windows Mobile. Um, it wasn't successful. They iterated it several times. It wasn't successful. They partnered with people and then they But it's a different buying. ecosystem now. Yeah, it I really know, but, is completely but, different than when Microsoft had an OS and a phone that they created. Yeah, what I'm what I'm saying is that I think Microsoft, having failed so much and lost so much money on that, I think they're gun-shy of it now. Uh, and I suspect Well, you that's yourself what, said that they were developing the software for the split-screen phone. They were, and then they shied away from it. I, I'm telling you, they're gun-shy, they, and they've worked very hard to make out the Surface Duo to be kind of a new handheld productivity device, and they won't use the word phone. They are so scared of being seen to be a phone maker 
that that they you know it's it's influencing their decisions and it's detrimenting their products they really with this this thing they should have gone in mate you know still maybe advertise it as a as a product device and everything but it it needed to run either a windows compatible os or something that was really optimized for the hardware and they kind of flubbed it because because obviously the leadership weren't prepared to commit to it and that's because they've lost what probably 10 12 if you if you look in the the development costs uh, of windows phone windows mobile and also what they ended up um writing off for the Nokia acquisition, they're probably in the hole for this for 12 to $15 billion. And they're just not prepared to, to risk that sort of money again. So, so Microsoft would never do it, even right. though they're probably the I, best I place in the industry to do it. Well, it, from the establishment, yes. But maybe what we're talking about is a company we don't know about, a company that can come in and create something new using different technologies um, I, I've had something in the show no, notes for a while. I think this company might be a little too new, um, and they're not the only ones doing it, but it's uh, Nano Diamond self-charging batteries. Um, I've yep. looked into this technology for a while now, and this is the first company that's really kind of putting out PR, um, and they're trying to do something with it. This using stuff, uh, it, this is going to scare the crap out of people, or nuclear material, <laughs> that the battery never has to be charged um which sounds good until you realize you have nuclear material in your phone um but it would be diamond batteries so yeah you're you're not going to break those you could run it over with a train it would be fine so this type of power yeah the problem with this if you actually have you read the update at the end of the article yeah yeah. So, so the difficulty is because when I first read this, I thought, well, hang on a minute. From a point of phys- view of physics, this doesn't seem to work to me. They have these already. They're called radioisotope isotope generators, yeah. and they tend to, but like the Voyager spacecraft had these on. So you stick a chunk of radioactive material um, inside a a, um, a a capsule, and then you use the heat from that to generate electricity, and um, they, the ones on the spacecraft, they have to be really kind of big because uh, really big and heavy because you need to keep that material in there. And the reason they have to be so big and heavy is because you need a fairly large chunk of radioactive material to generate enough power. And we don't, for a spacecraft like Voyager, we're only talking about, you know, 40, 50 watts or something. Um, but you need quite a big chunk to actually generate something to, to, to give out that amount of power. So immediately when I saw this article, I thought... This doesn't pass the smell test to me because a tiny piece of radioactive material would not provide enough power for a phone. And sure enough, at the end of the article, it turns out that um, to uh, that, that one of these carbon-14 diamond batteries they're talking about can't power a phone on its own. It would only provide a trickle charge, so it would need to then charge something else to keep the phone powered. Yeah, and we've had capacitor. these sort of things. It's like, it's like you know, um, people who have... Uh, you can get solar chargers for your iphone for when you go camping but the reality of those is you have to leave them out for 14 15 hours in the sun Mm -hmm. to charge a battery that will then give you one charge on your phone this would be the same thing so i think there was a lot of um hyperbole in the in the capabilities yeah and i read the as i'm reading it hyperbole is going through my mind continuously because yeah i'm not new at this but i do think that the essence of the idea is there yeah, uh, and we will get to the point where you don't need to charge your batteries. It's yeah. they'll just work for fifty years, and then you, you replace the battery. But 
show me something from 50 years ago that took batteries that you still need today. Yeah. A boombox? Yeah. They didn't even have boomboxes in 1970. Yeah. They did, and but it, not it, like they are. I mean, you look, if you look at the development of something like the Apple Watch, which has gone from being, you know, the first one was, was it was good. It was amazing. It worked at all, but it was it was slow, it was limited, and it was constantly turning things off to save power. And in the space of five, six years, we've gone for something that can actually stay active all the time. Right. Um, so we're getting there. So when yeah. you start combining these types of new technologies, um, I think that it's only a matter of time before we have enough new technologies that someone, chances are it'll be someone like Apple or Google or somebody with big, deep pockets, but I'm hoping not. I'm hoping it's a small startup that we don't know anything about yet. We'll come up with a new phone or portable computing device, if you will, that will just way make more sense than how we're doing things today. And yeah. I, 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 if I knew more than that, I would say, but I wouldn't be saying I'd be doing, I'd be forming a company and developing this. Yeah. Um, but, but that but being said, I think it's coming. Here's the problem with that, though, is so often we hear about these you know, um, new technologies coming along. And then what happens is rather that company being able to innovate and build a new product, they, they just get acquired by Google or Apple yeah. and rolled into their development thing. And then it, then it becomes part of the standard cycle of the phone, but that the, you get innovation in small areas, but you don't get the radical redesign that you're kind of hoping for. I think we will eventually, I think phones will change we'll get different technologies that will allow you know a completely transparent screen it will just be your apps or the icons floating above nothingness um, yeah that, I, that, thing that I would yeah love. that's what I, in fact i'd like to get rid of the screen completely i'd love to i i know google glass was really mock but i'd love to have something that was built into a screen in front of my eye yeah me too you know i, I think, think that i think awesome. that makes far more sense than actually having to carry something that you got to pull out and I'm, i mean covid really kind of demonstrates I, I i really miss touch id on my phone because every time i'm wearing a mask and i'm trying to use my face id phone it kind of sucks yeah you know it really really does and i really notice the difference between when you when you take that now nowadays in britain we so we have an nhs track and trace app so every time you go into a, a venue you have to scan the QR code and log in to, to show it, tell it you are. And they've made it as seamless as they can do. But that still means taking your phone out, unlocking it, starting the app, uh, and then and then logging in. And every time you do that, when, you, when you've got a face mask on, you've got to type in a passcode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's really, it really slow. Because then you put the phone down again, and it locks again. And then two minutes later, you need to pay for something. You pull in the phone out, you go through the same song and dance. And then when you actually pay, you've got to verify again. So you still got to put the code in. Have, not having the touch ID is a real hindrance in the current times. Yeah. So something having something that's eventually. kind of built into you or is on you. So like the watch, it just, it knows it's on you. So that, so there's no verification or unlocking required would be ideal for me. You know, I've, I've quite deliberately started using my watch for Apple Pay, which is not something I ever did before because... Oh, it, it I've been can, using it. That's one of the first things I did with mine. Yeah, but it, sometimes it's a bit awkward because you kind of have to lift your wrist up and then kind of get it onto the touch panel or close to the touch panel for it to work. And yeah. and it's not as... it's not as, I mean, it before COVID, it was much easier to actually just tap your phone on and the phone saw you straight away and unlocked and off you go. No, the watch always felt more awkward, it, but it, now it, it's, it it's less awkward more, because yes. there's no code to type in. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
I actively avoid for my big thing is gas stations. Yeah. Um, I go out of my way to use a gas station that has Apple Pay right there at the pump. Yeah. You know, so I, I walk up to the pump, I click my button two times, my wrist goes over the little reader, done. Yeah. That is more innovative and quicker than pulling out my phone, unlocking the phone or doing the face ID thing and then scan. Yeah. It's way yeah. easier. And you don't need the phone anywhere nearby to use touch or to use uh, Apple Pay on the watch. No, no, it's completely separate. Yeah, no, it's it's much better because yeah, because you're not relying on the watch for connectivity to anything then because the all the security is built into the watch. It doesn't need to even be online to uh, to be able to do an NFC payment yep. thing. So yeah, so I think that the changes are going to come. I don't, we don't know what they are yet. The uh, porcelain screen is they're kind of touting yeah the ceramic ceramic shield they call it and yeah. apparently this is a completely new approach to strengthening glass by instead well, of they're putting, not the first one to use it and apple's a little yeah. disingenuous to pretend that they are but the whole thing was a little disingenuous to be honest well um, yeah but in fact funnily enough i read a great article by former mimac um writer john martellaro um this morning on the technology in ceramic in this ceramic shield stuff yeah. And it is quite different than the the Gorilla Glass. Yes. Um. It. You know. Yeah. I don't. I think. You know. Corning's not stupid. They're not going to sell it exclusively to Apple. No. Um. It looks like Apple have got this first, but you know, within a year, every phone, new phone is going to have this same glass exactly. on. If it. If it's such a big improvement. Um. And it remains to be seen because sometimes, the uh, the technology to improve the um the drop protection from the glass means it actually is softer for scratching um it's very difficult to get both to actually make an make an improvement in shatter protection and also make it harder to resist scratches because those are two kind of um opposing goals in the physics of how the glass works so we'll be, it'll be interesting to see how good this stuff actually is in practice we'll find you know. out um yeah. you know i'm you didn't answer a question that i never asked to be fair. Oh, well, that, that would that would be difficult. What, are you getting one of the 12s? No, well, because I'm on an 11 now and my phone is funded by my company, I will be getting one next year, not this year. Yeah, so um, we, we will be buying a whole load of 12s. And, and as I said, I need to figure out whether we're going to offer the minis or just offer the 12s to if everybody. If the 12 comes in and you find it way more compelling than 11, are you still content to wait? Mm, well, then I'd have to try and cut a deal with a company. I don't really want to... I have, in the past, had bought my own phone. But the company, because they supply the phones, is not really keen to pay for no, my own I plan. Yeah. So, uh, and and so I, I, probab I probably wouldn't. It's hard. Being on an 11, it's hard for me to see from what I've seen that the 12 would be compelling enough for me to change it. You know? I think the camera will be, but if that's not the main focus, and it's, well, I mean, that's not the to camera say the on 11 the eleven is already bad. so very good. I've taken yes. some amazing shots with it. So yes, while I'm, I recognise that the camera in the twelve is going to be better, um, it's like is it is it good enough together with the other things to make it worthwhile? To for me, it will be. I'd have to go through some pain to yeah. try and uh, have have a twelve. So it's probably not worth it for me. I'll wait for the thirteen. Um, uh, last topic we'll talk about, um, unless something else comes up. I bought a new video game thing. All right. Um, okay. Let me. Uh, I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, I take it uh, just before we move on to that. You you don't think the HomePod Mini is worth talking about? The what? The HomePod Mini. No. 
I'll just say one thing on that. I, I think the HomePod Mini still has many of the same problems the regular HomePod does. I have no doubt it sounds amazing. Uh, unfortunately, most people don't care, which is why they didn't buy the HomePod. Yeah, they care uh, about exactly. the service that's running on it. And the other thing is, even as a, as a cost reduce at £99 or $99, yeah, the really to get the best out of it, you need more than one in your house. So if you have two or three, you're looking at $300. And and that came out the same week I bought an Amazon Echo on Prime Day for 18 quid. Hey, remember when Apple <laughs> made speakers that were extremely well done and everybody bought them? Oh, wait, no. Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I get why they keep doing it, but Well, look, look I think this is a better attempt than the first one. They definitely need to bring the price down. But I think the problem is, is that most people... As long as they can hear the music, they don't care about audio quality. And as I say, the competing products from their competitors are so much cheaper, even at a $99 HomePod yep. Mini. Exactly. So, yeah. And I've got so many speakers now that, and there's no way it's going to sound better than my Clips speaker sitting here. No. Or, or for that matter, that um, Denon uh, bookshelf yeah. speaker that I reviewed a couple months but back. But most people don't have, most people have Google Minis or Amazon Echoes, and I'm sure exactly. it will sound amazing compared to those because the, sure. the HomePod did. That's not, but, that's not too difficult to imagine. Yeah, but the the problem is, is that I say, well, I think, as I say, I think most people don't care. They'd rather pay $20, $30, $40 for something that sounds okay, yeah, rather than $100 for something that sounds amazing and also doesn't work quite as well because it runs Siri. So, anyway, you bought a new video game thing. Tell me more. Well, I sent you a link in the show notes. Um, Show notes are wire. Wire, sorry. I should probably put it in the show notes, though. Um, So, as you know, I like older video games. And uh, to dovetail off of this, Cole's been wanting to play some old Mario and Pokemon games. And so I built him a uh retro pie which is you know i tried to get him into it before and he just wasn't there but now he is and he's come down i gave it to him yesterday you know when i say built when i took one of my old retro pies and burned an image and plugged it in um he came down probably five times yesterday going how amazing this thing is dad it's got this it's got this game it's got this game yeah i know dude i told you this a while ago yeah. I was trying to get you into it then, but he's there now. He's he's talking all about Super Mario World and all these different games on there, and he's happy. So cool. The 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 classic stuff I've had for a while. And in fact, I've got two stand up arcades, but there are a certain number of games that simply don't work in the stand up arcade. Uh, one with a roller ball because I don't have an arcade with a roller bar, ball, and yeah. then one with a spinner. Well, one of my favorite video games of all time was Tempest. Mm-hmm. I wasted way too much money in Tempest. And Tempest used this spinning um, controller, a knob, if you will. Think of a radio dial, but it just spins. Yeah. And that's how yeah, you control your guy yeah. going around mm-hmm. basically a circle. And a fire button and a super zapper. That's all. It's real basic. But I can't... I can't I've got Tempest on most of my retro stuff, but I can't play it with a controller. Yeah. It just doesn't work. It's it's goofy. And that was always the problem. There were some pretty good um, uh, home computer conversions of Tempest, but it was never the same for the, exactly that same reason. If you didn't so, have the, the, per, the, the dial... Yeah, exactly. Um, and you have you know. to have the right controls to play Tempest. You just... 
You just do. That's like trying to say, I'm going to play Pac-Man, but I'm going to use my mouse. Yeah. Could you do it? Yeah, probably. But why would you do that? And, and ugh, that'd be awful. But yeah. So I've seen uh, this company called uh, Replicade. They have these little tiny arcade machines. Yeah. And it's uh, this particular one is 12 inches tall by four and a half wide by three point five point three inches deep. So it's not huge. But it is, you know, as long as my forearm, a little bit longer. And it looks exactly like these are, this is not one of these cheapy um, pretend arcade games that seem to be popular. This is an actual replica of the Tempest arcade machine yeah, with the right fi- controllers. It's officially licensed. So it looks like the original arcade game uh, because, of the, you know, um, Companies that like it's from Atari Tempest. Companies that license the whole arcade game, they want it to look like the whole arcade game. It's yeah. part of the deal. So I've been wanting one of these because, but I've always been hesitant to pull the trigger because it's a dedicated and only place Tempest. Yeah. And, you know, it would have been better, in my opinion, had they included other games that use a spinner rather than a trackball yeah. or, or, you know, an arcade stick. But it is what it is, you know. It's it's a licensed product, so it's just template Tempest. So I've been wanting to buy one, but I didn't want to spend a hundred bucks to get one, or hundred twenty bucks. And I've been waiting and waiting, and I just happened to be on eBay, and one popped up on eBay, brand new, for sixty five dollars on sale. Wow! With free shipping, so I pulled the trigger. Oh, this is this is very nice. I like the fact it's got a battery in it. It does, and you can so you can take it with you, hold it while you're playing it. The sounds are pitch perfect. Obviously, yep. this is you know it's 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 a small screen, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, I take it's an LCD. It's not a natural. Um, Correct. It's an LCD. It's not 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 a vector screen. No, yeah. but it, to me that doesn't make any. It doesn't dis- detract from the enjoyment of the game. The attention to detail. I mean, this is. When they replicated the arcade game, it even has a little key and a door. And yep. uh, does does it actually come with tokens you can put in it? It does. Do they work? Uh, I don't think they do anything. No. But no, right. there's no way to get them out if you drop them in. All right. Which is kind of stupid. But, um, you know, it's a shelf piece, but you can play it. Let me put it yeah. that way. My only, and I love playing it, by the way. It's, it's, it's really fun. It takes a little bit of time to boot up here. I'll... Uh, um, it's not even plugged in, so I was going to say I was going right. to unplug it. Let me turn it on here, and you can hear. So I just pushed the power button, and you can see how long this is going to take to boot up. I can tell that it's booting up because now it says New Wave Toys, and hmm. uh, it's waiting. Replicate Amusement Presents, and it's sitting there waiting now. And it's still oh, waiting. It's not, it's not made from plastic. Under license it's from made Atari. from MDF. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, the I, thing I, is, it's not light. It's... Yeah, so, three okay, pounds, now I it's say. up and... All right, so I just dropped a coin. Ah. Uh, yeah, let me turn up the volume a little bit. So this is that sound. Yep. Oh, that's... Remember that? It's, oh, it's taking me right back to the arcade. i got to get to the end. So, as you can hear, I'm turning it off. Now I just... I'm holding down the power button, let go, and it's off. Um... I can tell that it's um, a variant of Android or 
something like that by the power off screen. It's very familiar to me. Yeah. But this thing is. Yeah. It's solid. It's not plasticky. The graphics are spot on. I wish that the marquee lit up. Or does it? Yeah. I don't think it does. Let me turn it back on to see if the arcade. I don't think the marquee lights up. No, it doesn't. That's the only thing that's really missing. Yeah. Um, and the sound comes out of the back, which is fine. But for the most part, oh no, the marquee does light up. My fault. All right. Uh, I like it a lot. Yeah. I'm glad I bought it. I'm happy to spend some money on something that I've been wanting. And I'm more than happy to spend money on. Um, oh, it just picked up right where I left off. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's pretty cool, man. So, it, I mean, it's hard to, annoyingly, um, I understand what they're trying to do with this, but when they market it on the web page, they show it against a miniature background with a wall, and yeah. then there's, they have an action figure in there as well. Yeah. It's actually very difficult to see with somebody's real hands on it how big it is. Well, so, there's a video if you scroll down a little bit. Oh, right, okay. I, and, I don't I don't press on videos during podcasts. Well, but you can, you can see the guy's hands yeah. on it. Okay, because they also have a Street Fighter 2 cabinet, and to me, Street Fighter 2 looks like it would be considerably more problematical to play or something this small. It's not. They should have... They also did Pac-Man, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it works well for some games that is not easy to replicate. Yeah, there's, uh, there's talk screen, on talk but. in the comments here about a Centipede game, though. I can't see it on the website. Yeah. And, um, and Centipede, little... again, because it needs a trackball, is... Yep. Um, Much you know, better. Would, yeah. Um, I like it. You know, yeah. their advertising is one nineteen ninety nine, or four interest free payments of thirty dollars with sizzle sizzle. I don't know what that is. Yeah, um, I like it a lot. I'm happy with it. The one thing, and I was going to allude to this earlier, um, or I was alluding to this earlier. Here's my one big ugh: Why doesn't this have video out? Hmm. I am stuck playing it with this tiny little screen, and when I start to do a search on it, the first suggested search that comes up as I'm typing is video out. So yeah. I think they missed a really big um what's the word I'm looking for? Opportunity here. Yeah. Just just give it mini HDMI out. So I can hold this thing in my lap or my hand, play it, but I'm looking at a much bigger screen. Yeah. Interesting enough. So I've had in our show notes as a potential dis topic for discussion for well over a year now ever since i saw them in the states which is the arcade one-up cabinets which are the ones that they sell in walmart over there yeah which garbage. are are bigger than these but not full size no they're about one i can't even remember how big they are yeah. if you stood up next to a one arcade without the, a, a riser that they sell you as well yeah you know, the top of it would come up to maybe your chest. Yeah, they're, they're like, they're almost like perfectly sized for like an eight to 10 year old, aren't they? Exactly. The arcade yeah. one ups. And they do a lot of different cabinets. They're always very difficult to get over here in Britain. Uh, otherwise, I'm tempted to, to get one. But at least one of the good things about the arcade one up is they often have more than one game. They do, the, but they're yeah. extremely poorly built. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, where you put your hands on it, wears off over not too long every right. single one i've ever seen on display even after a couple of weeks the sticker on you know where your palm goes and stuff where you're playing games is completely whited out now because right just they're they're poorly made um they're hackable so a lot of people buy these and hack the crap out of them yeah. i've seen a star wars one that's the only one i'll be honest that i'm even remotely interested in it because it's got yeah, the they, correct 
controls. Yeah, exactly. And also, they have a sit-down version now. Yep. Which I kind of really want, you know. But I'm also looking down there. I had no ideas. They're now doing countertop ones, which, you know, is maybe... well, and, I and think, also they I think have countertop is where they started. To be honest, yeah, okay. They also are doing tables now. The yeah. the cocktail cabinet ones, which you know is is kind of interesting as well. well they because- also have this game table thing coming out. It's for like family game night, and you play Monopoly. I don't know how that works. If everyone can see what cards you have, but I don't know. And also, it's that's okay. Really are we look away for a second. It's yeah. uh, it's five hundred dollars and oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a lot of money for what for, you get. Yeah, I mean I can understand what they're going for, and I'm sure yeah they're doing it as a Kickstarter, so they'll 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 you know the advantage of Kickstarter is that you you know you everyone you make is going to be paid for, so yeah. kind of provided you hit your limits, they'll they'll get made. But um, I think one admit- up, I think one up is doing something really cool. Um, I've seen yeah. a couple E3 type of booth videos and showing up off their upcoming games. I think it's a really great concept. Yeah. I just wish that they would spend a tiny bit more money to make these more rugged. If they weren't such... All the money went into licensing the games and the screen. Yeah. They use really crappy controllers. Really, really crappy controllers. If, for, if I bought one, the first thing I would do is replace the joystick and the buttons. Yeah. Um, you know. But, I mean, and but, they're using cheap but, yeah, material. Most people who've got the capability of doing that will probably go out and buy an old cabinet and redo it themselves well, anyway. That's, that's what I did. So, yeah. But the, again, the only one that's interesting to me is the Star Wars one. Uh, $500 for the Star Wars one. Yeah, but, and I, I can't... I, a, I don't have room for it. And B, I can't yeah. justify 500 bucks just to play four games that's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but I can't play the arcade Star Wars games on my arcades because the controls are not correct and it drives me crazy. Yeah. You have to have that that cockpit type of two-handed controls mm-hmm. to really play Star Wars. That's what I always liked about it in the arcade back in the day. It yep. really did feel like you were flying a, a Millennium Falcon or, <sighs> or, or not that uh, X-wing. Quick so. aside though, talking of that, the you know that new Star Wars game, Star Wars Quadrant Squadrons from EA. Yeah. Have you heard of this? So yeah, uh, I watched I, a couple of the mini movies about it in game stuff. I bought amazing. I bought it for the PC because it's cheap. Uh, it's it's like ten fifteen dollars cheaper than pretty much any other game on the market, which you know is is pretty good. And I tell you, they've nailed it. I mean, it, if you're running on a good PC, it really feels feels like you're in Star Wars. It's very very good. I, I've heard. Um, yeah, isn't it multiplayer? Uh, yeah, it is multiplayer, but they also have a single player campaign as yeah, well. See, that's um, the only thing I'm, I'm not. And the single player campaign is cool because. Uh, you actually switch between being a, an imperial pilot and a rebel pilot, um, and that's kind of cool as well because it means you get to fly all the different types of ships. Yeah, that's uh, the only way to do those. Yeah, and also as well, you know, they—I mean—they've gone full in on it. You can't, you can't do what you do on many video games, which is kind of switch to an outside view, which kind of makes it like an arcade game. You right. are stuck in the cockpit with the limitations in terms of what you can see out and everything and it really makes it much more immersive i imagine it'd be fantastic in vr i'm kind of waiting um on any of the new AAA titles until the ps5 or the xbox whatever the hell they're calling it because they're stupid and microsoft has no idea how to name a freaking game system yeah um, until they come out with those two new systems and i'll get the ps5 first no question um any new AAA title i'm waiting for that so yeah. I have something to play on it. But yeah. here's my problem. I've bought in the last year, last 12 months, uh, three AAA titles 
that I've played maybe five minutes of each. The new Spider-Man game, mm-hmm. the new Red Dead Redemption 2 game, because I keep I got killed on the very first mission, and then when you do that, there's no save point. It go it starts from the very beginning. You got to watch ten right. minutes of cutscenes, which is yeah. so freaking boring. I could care less. That I was just like, oh screw this. Um, and then there's a third one. I'm completely drunk. Oh, the the new Jedi game. I played that one for about an hour, and it's a good game. Don't get me wrong, but it just or is it? It didn't hold my attention long. I felt no compassion. Com, um, com- What's the word I'm looking for? Compulsion. Compulsion, thank you. To go yeah. back and play it some more. I yeah. just haven't. Yeah, so. you know, that this can be a problem. And, you know, that's, that's why, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but that's why some of these services where you, uh, you know, you pay a monthly fee and then there's a whole load of games you can play yeah. are, are good because it means that, if you know, you try a game. If it's not for you, you move on to something else and you've not invested you know, you, you over the course of a year, you'll spend what you might have spent on one or two AAA titles, but you've got yeah. all those different games, and also you've you've got the opportunity not to get bored. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Maybe it's Be- just because I'm 50 years old and I just. Uh... Well, it, there is a lot. You know what? I often think, oh, maybe I'll do some gaming tonight. Oh, I can't be bothered. You know. <laughs> yeah. There is that as well. It's one of the. Um, I, Alexander said to me, he, he's just had his 18th birthday, so he got a whole load of money, and he said, oh, should I buy a, you know, now we've got slightly faster internet at home, he said, should I buy a next-gen console, or maybe the previous-gen, like a PS4 and Xbox One? And I said to him, I said, well, you've got a gaming PC, which means you can pull that out and play in your room, or play on the kitchen table, or wherever you want to play, um, without disturbing anybody, or worrying about what they're doing on the TV, so why would you want a console? And, you know, a, a gaming PC runs an awful lot of the games you can get on the on the consoles so you know it just it just i, I find better. i find that that works better for me as well because it also um i don't have to worry about monopolizing a tv but it's it's horses for courses you know well with that we're going to wrap up this episode of tech fan we'll be back next week with the geeks pub um when the hell is the new season of uh uh what is it the 80s Oh crap! I'm Stranger sorry. Things. Stranger Things. When's that coming out? Uh, I don't know. I mean, everything's up in the air because of COVID. So, who knows? I well, know we've, um, we've got two weeks before um, Mandalorian two comes out. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm trying to get get up on this Star Trek Discovery, which has just started, um, and I'm still I still haven't worked through the second season of the, the Boys on Amazon, which is something I, I want to watch too. So, plenty of geeky stuff coming up, but uh, Mandalorian's the big one. Um, did you watch? Do you have Apple TV? I do have Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, have you watched Ted Lasso yet? I, I have not. You know, I keep. So here's the thing: I keep hearing everyone raving about how great it is. And I will say it's great. It's good. It's a fun, good family type of, well, yeah. maybe it's kind of family, but yeah, it's really good. I enjoy it. And obviously it has particular resonance for us because it's about an American coach coming to coach an English soccer team. Yeah. Um, but I just haven't, I haven't built myself up to kind of dip into it and get into it. So um, I would have not either, but one day I was bored and the first three episodes were up there. So I thought, well, I'll start watching it. The moment I started watching it, I was done. It was it was awesome. Yeah, so uh, it's probably something I need to do as well. Maybe I'll try and get... Uh... I would suggest that to our listeners, as well as on Netflix, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Aaron Sorkin Yeah, I'm looking forward it, to that so. one. It's out. It's really yeah. good. Um, good acting. I didn't know Sarah Cohen, Sarah... What was his, what's his name? 
Sarah Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen was such a good actor. He's really good in it. Yeah, um, you know what? A lot. I hear a lot of people say that. I think to be a good comedian, particularly if you're a character comedian who does characters, you have to be a good actor. You I have get to it. be a good actor. Yeah. yeah. Robin Williams would, jumps to mind immediately. Um, yeah. Dennis Leary. I've always liked him. There's a lot of comedians that made the transition. Um, but he's less of a comedian and more of a showman, which yeah. I think lends itself well to acting. I just wish he would do more stuff like this because he's every single time he's on screen talking, you're compelled to watch it. I mean, he's yeah. that good. And I'm like, man, this uh, guy yeah. really needs to, to step up his game and, and do some more of this. I'll give him a call. It. I'll give him a call and have a word with him because obviously, you know, being English, you know that we all know each other. Well, plus his last name's Cohen. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're all in. We're all in the. We're all in the. Um, no, he's the a star he's David a, Club. Yeah, but the problem is he's a baron. Can you talk to a baron? Uh, I, I think I might have to get permission, but uh, I, I probably have to write you to the House of Lords and ask him yet or anything. Though, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't happened yet. We'll have to work on that here on Tech Fan. We we'll do such a good Indeed, job. Indeed, yeah. I can't wait to be more. Sir David Cohen. Yeah. Well, quite honestly, though, it, by the time you get knighted, it'll be a king that knights you. It won't be a queen. <laughs> Yeah. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We encourage all of our listeners to go out there and vote on Election Day here in the U.S. Oh, yes, definitely. And, uh, please. David, I will end, s- please. End our vote. long worldwide nightmare. <laughs> uh, I will see you guys next week on the Geeks Pub. See you then, David. See you then.